I'm Susan. And I'm Rod. And this is The Darker Side of Things. Hello, everyone. Again, I'm Susan. And Rod. And this is The Darker Side of Things. We're glad that you joined us here uh, tonight um, with our new podcast. Um, It's going to be about um, this and that. (laughs) Basically. Um, A little bit of this, a little bit of that. Um, True crime. Um, My brother's got some horror war stories prepared for you tonight as our first episode. Um, and we're going to be doing, uh, stuff on hauntings and, um, you know, just in general, uh, anything that's scary, creepy, or, uh, unusual. Uh, A little bit about me. Um, I'm a mother of one son. Uh, I have two stepsons and I'm married happily. And, um, I have been listening to a ton of podcasts. And I decided one day that, hey, why not start my own podcast? So I did some research and, you know, got all the uh, stuff together that I needed, you know, to get it off the ground and so on and so forth. And um, figuring out how to get the audio, (laughs) how to get the audio system to work was a whole nother, you know, story within itself. Um, but that's uh, a little bit about me. Um, I, I love to laugh, and um, so we'll throw some laughter in here as well. Uh, you know, because of the dark stuff, sometimes it's it's just too dark, and, and you got to laugh sometimes to, to help you get through it. So uh, that's me. So I'll pass it over to Rod to see, uh, so he can tell you a little bit about himself. I'm a veteran of the United States Navy. Uh, Yay! and uh i'm married i got three stepkids and three wonderful 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 grandchildren and uh i don't know what else to say (laughs) he's a man of few words (laughs) but i like to laugh as well i think that's why we get along so well we've uh we've always been like that since we were little yeah and uh, I asked him to, because uh, he's retired, so, um, you know, just to give him something to do, I figured I'd, I'd uh, invite him to join me on the podcast uh, uh, to pass his time, keep him occupied a little bit so he doesn't get too bored. Right. <laughs> so, um, he has a story, like I said, prepared uh, for us tonight, and uh, it's uh, war, uh, horror war, wow. It's hard to say. Yeah, it is, especially with braces. I got braces, too, uh, a few months ago, and I'm still trying to get used to them, so talking is a little bit difficult, Um, and I hate them. Uh, I don't recommend them. (laughs) Um, So he's going to talk about uh, his horror stories um, about the war, so uh, I will pass it over to him. Take it away. Okay. We're going to talk about Hiroshima. Um, or Hiroshima, however you want to pronounce it. Someone told the story um, of a person standing on some stairs 
and it said the stairs were the stairs behind him could the stain that was on the stairs the guy said that it could be street art but it was blood stain from the force of the blast yeah the, yeah the blinding light of the atomic bomb as it detonated over the city on august 6 1945 and there's several pictures um if you want to check them out that show blood stains on uh, stairs and on walls and it's pretty creepy to yeah. look at you see the image of a person he's got an image pulled up right now and um in looking at it yeah it's it it's like looks like the person's just laying on these steps that's going up to this door um it's uh it's it's pretty eerie to look at and i can only imagine walking down the streets and seeing that as you know and yeah. just thinking about it and people going about their own business you know going shopping you know walking down the road walking their dog down the road or whatever and then all of a sudden, boom, they're vaporized and their blood stains the streets and walls. And yeah, I was I, I think of it as like a, a transfer of their per, of the person's essence onto the ground. That's what it looks like to me. A forever image uh, etched into the concrete. Yes, it's a, of their final memories, you know. Yeah, that's that's a terrible memory. There, throughout the center of Hiroshima, there's a lot of haunting outlights from window panes, valves, or yeah, and even people in their last seconds etched on the buildings and sidewalks. Now, the nuclear sh shadows of the city. You the know. what? Nuclear. The nuclear? <laughs> yeah. The nuclear? The nuclear shadows. Of a city about to be obliterated, it's just it's just mind-boggling and how someone could give the order to do that. You know, those were innocent people. You know, they weren't in the war killing anybody. Well, not all of them, anyway. It's thousands were lost in that um, war. unprecedented. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he can't read either, by the way. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I, I give up. No. <laughs> you just really, the the bomb that was uh, sent to Hiroshima was uh, called Little Boy. Little Boy, my hind end. And it detonated 1,900 feet above the city. A flash of brilliant boiling light, you know, scorched all that touched, all that it touched. <clears throat> The surface of the bomb burned burned ten thousand degrees Fahrenheit. And that's that's hot. And anything within one thousand six hundred feet of its blast zone was incinerated in an instant. Anything within a mile radius of its impact site was uh, reduced to rubble. The heat from the explosion was so intense, in fact, that it also bleached everything in its blast zone, leaving eerie nuclear shadows of human detritus where citizens once were the sumitomo bank was located just 850 feet from where little boy collided with the city of hiroshima hold on just a second i'm going to look that word up so according to the dictionary detritus means gravel sand silt 
or other material produced by erosion. And according to the Hiroshima Peace Memorial Museum, the Hiroshima shadows weren't left by people alone. Any object that was in the way of the blast was imprinted onto its backgrounds, including ladders, water main valves, and bicycles. Oh my gosh! Even if there was nothing in the way, the heat itself left behind imprints marking the sides of the buildings with waves of heat and rays of light. Oh, that's awful. Yeah, it should. I don't think it should have been done. Uh, no, no, not in the way in which it was. I mean, that, yeah, I don't know why they, why they did that. And uh, the, probably the most famous of the shadows is that of the person sitting on the bank steps. It is one of the most complete impressions left behind by the blast and remained in place for over 20 years before it was removed and taken to the Hiroshima Peace Memorial Museum. So they took out the whole the whole block of that imprint? Yes. Oh, okay. And now visitors can see the horrific Hiroshima shadows up close as memorials to the horrors of the nuclear weapons. Depending upon where these imprints were left, they have lasted anywhere between several to dozens of years before they were eventually eroded by rain and wind. Oh, wow. Yeah, these images are pretty creepy. The aftermath was uh, unprecedented. One quarter of the city's population perished in the blast, and a second quarter died in the months that followed. The city sustained damage up to three miles from the blast. Fire were ignited nearly four miles from the bomb's hypocenter, and glass shattered up to 12 miles. Can you imagine? I mean, even just looking at it from a distance, thinking, seeing this big mushroom cloud, and then what would come to your mind? Well, now I'm dead. Uh, yeah. I mean, I just can't even imagine looking out my window or being walk or walking down the street, and then you see this big blast, and then the aftermath comes for you. That's, right. I just, that's just unimaginable. The terror, knowing that you were going to die right then and there is. Yeah. It's just crazy. It was estimated that upwards of 200,000 people were killed in connection with the bombing, and largely due to a deadly, deadly combination of radiation, poisoning, and lack of medical resources because the bomb detonated directly over a city hospital killing huge portions of its local doctors and supplies. Aww. Uh, the events that August day. Sorry about that, people. <laughs> My microphone fell. The events of the August day changed the world. 90% of the city of Hiroshima was flattened. 80,000 people and counting were dead. And within days, the emperor of Japan announced an unconditional surrender. World War II came to a close, and the whole of the globe was introduced to the terrifying new form of destruction. What would they consider the destruction? Implementing their new government? and as Well, as far as the people were concerned, I guess that would be... No, the bomb itself. Oh, oh, okay, duh. Because from those bombs came the nuclear bombs that we have today. You know, so. Well, yeah, that's true. And that bomb itself, I've seen pictures of it. It was huge. That thing was huge. I still think, I mean, any, even though we have those as, as uh, you know, what would you say, use them as a threat, so to speak, you know, like with Russia, um, Putin, what he's doing right now, you know, he's using that as his, as his uh, 
what's the word I'm looking for? Um, not backup, but it's his um, it's his go to thing. You know, you mess with me, well, I'm just going to shoot you down with a nuclear weapon, right? Or blow your people up with a nuclear weapon. Um, I just think that that's wrong, and that's what he told Ukraine, but he didn't do it. Yeah, well, it's that's speaking of bombs, though. In 1961, World War II, <clears throat> the U.S. government accidentally dropped two Mark 39 hydrogen bombs. On North Carolina. They accidentally dropped them. Oh, that's right. Okay, I remember that. Yeah. Wow. The bombs fell to Earth after a B-52 broke up in midair, and the nukes behaved precisely the way that they were designed to be... (laughs) Designed to be have in warfare. They were... The way that they were programmed was... uh, They acted directly the way that they were programmed to do. Well, that's good. Oh, that's good to know. Otherwise, you know, hundreds of thousands of people may have died in North Carolina. Yeah, their parachutes open, their trigger mechanisms engaged, and only one low-voltage switch prevented detonation. You know, the bomb carried the equivalent of 4 million tons of TNT explosives, and had the device detonated, lethal fallout could have been deposited over Washington, Baltimore, Philadelphia, and even as far as um, north as New York City, putting millions of lives at risk. Yeah, that's just crazy. Can you imagine the destruction and death toll if that would have happened? Uh, no. That, yeah, We would have been so vulnerable to another country coming in and taking over. Oh my gosh, yes. That's, yeah. I can't even, I can't even fathom if something like that were to happen. Well, it, that and that is it in any country, um, especially the ones that are that are uh, majorly populated. You know, New York, California, um, those places. Goodness gracious! Yeah, the death toll would be. Yeah, because even then there was a, a lot of population in those cities. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I mean uh, that's where it, what it, it isn't. What's the melting pot of the world in that New York? I'm probably wrong. I have no idea what's what's a melting pot. Well, they so there's a thing out there. It says uh, the melting pot of the world or whatever, and um, I'm probably way off mark here. What's uh, it mean? I I have no idea. <laughs> I don't even know why I said it. So yeah, that was. Good I mean, it came to mind. It's like so. the melting pot. Um, that's the where. Well, I do know that when during the immigration, the mass immigration, mm-hmm. um, when the United States, uh, you know, was starting to get big and so on and so forth, New York was the major place yeah. where all the immigration came. So, I mean, it, it was so overly populated at that time. You know, that's what I meant, the melting pot. But again, I, I apologize, um, folks. Um, I I know I'm wrong. <laughs> so please forgive me. <laughs> It's hard to do sometimes. Yeah, I know. I know, but it is what it is. (laughs) Now, I have another war story. Okay, go ahead. About the USS Hornet. Okay. Is this one haunted? Yes. Oh, okay. And And the crew of the Hornet served in World War II and the Vietnam War. Who did? The Hornet's crew. Oh, the Hornet and its crew. Okay. I thought you said a name. 
and uh, they achieved numerous awards for their service and operations. She was also the prime recovery ship for the Apollo 11 and 12 missions. Do you know why they call ships she? I have no idea. I was just asking you because you were in the Navy. Yeah, I, th I think that's probably something you should know. <laughs> They're just called she's. Oh, okay. Well, I guess that's all I know. Maybe we can look that up and wasn't let y'all know later. It wasn't in any test that I had to take when I was in there. <laughs> and during the active years, about 300 crew members died from accidents and suicides. Mm. Visitors to the ship's uh, permanent location in San Francisco report hearing voices and seeing apparitions of soldiers. Electronic equipment is also known to go haywire on board. And the host of, now they have the host of ghost tours. And the USS Hornet holds the title of the most haunted ship in America. Well, remind me never to go visit the Hornet, because I don't want to. Yeah. You invite me, I'm going to say no. <laughs> you know, I would think that um, the World War II, you know, the uh, ship, the USS Arizona, when the Japanese attacked Pearl Harbor mm. on December, December 7th, 1941, the Arizona became a mass tomb for the 1,102 crew members that perished with her. She serves as an underwater graveyard and memorial to those that died during the tragic event. Yeah, now that's that's a memorial that I would absolutely love to. I mean, not that I love what happened, don't misunderstand, right. but I would love to go there just to pay homage to those men and women uh, who perished there. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's just devastating well many believe that the dead did not go in peace and still haunt the area today as officers blame a ghost called charlie mm. for many of the eerie happenings near the uss arizona well sorry charlie right <laughs> this famous apparition is reportedly harmless only turning on water faucets and causing heavy doors to swing open and close well that's not bad yeah and another ghost however inspires more fear one of the sailors who abandoned his post during the bombings allegedly haunts the decks of the ship at low tide inspiring fear and sadness in visitors to the memorial what does so, he do does it say what he did he, or what this ghost does uh that's i didn't go too much into it i just mm. know that that's what happened so we'll take that guy's word for it huh yeah yeah but maybe i'm, I'm going to do Look up some more war stories, you know, because they're awful. Some of them are really bad. And I'm going to try and post some pictures to the site. Yeah, so you can see the images, you know, especially of the haunting uh, images of the of the shadows and stuff, you know, from Hiroshima. And if, if we're not able to get those on there for whatever reason, I, I highly recommend that you look them up. That way you can... You can see just how devastating that blast was. Yeah, there's also a place in Switzerland, you know, strange happenings. Uh, the British company of soldiers that stayed there, uh, there's wood, tarps, and valuables began disappearing, which were dismissed until a child went missing. When more children as well as a private from a British company disappeared, rumors of a monster spread. Mm. 
Yeah. I don't like monsters. Yeah, and one night soldiers saw a mysterious figure and chased after it, thinking it was the being that preyed on the village. That sounds like something our granny would do. Right, <laughs> right. You did it in my house. <laughs> yeah. Thought they, uh, they thought that they, or they never caught the figure. They discovered a cave uh, where shots were fired from inside of the cave, and the soldiers returned fire. Upon pressing further into the cave, soldiers found the body of British of a British private who had been shot through the heart, and he was surrounded by half-eaten bodies of the children that went missing. <gasps> half-eaten? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Who? And they don't know what took the children or what ate the children or there's no evidence of that? No, they don't know what it was. I looked for more. I'm going to try and find some more on it. But Oh, my it. gosh. I can't even imagine walking into something like that. Yeah. Ugh. I mean, it's like in Egypt, they've uh, uncovered a cave they went in, and uh, there was like numerous bodies, bones in there, you know, just about full of bones. Oh, yeah, those are those are plentiful in, in Egypt when yeah. they get those tombs and stuff. But, I mean, how many kids were in this cave? Did, they not, did it say? No, like I said, uh, that's where it stopped. And I need to try and find more about it. Oh, my gosh. So, so that would be a story within itself, if you could find yeah. more information on that. That's just awful. It, it, what, what makes it even more awful is if that was a person that did that. That was eating them? Yeah. Do they think that it was that soldier? Well, I don't know. He had been shot in the heart. Shots came from the cave itself. Yeah. And then they shot into the cave. And one of the bullets apparently hit him in the head, I guess, or he shot himself in the heart, you know, because he had been found out from getting the children and eating them. I don't know. Uh, oh, I don't oh, know gosh. for real. Maybe he Ooh, went. That just gave me chills. Ooh. Maybe he went after the and children he, and. Then he was attacked by whatever it was that was eating the kids. That's also possible. Yeah. But yeah, that'd be. That's that's a story that I would definitely look into and see, you know, what all it had. And, oh, I just, yeah, I just can't even imagine anything like that. Um, I also want to talk about the U.S. Army Garrison Fort Leavenworth. It's widely considered one of the most haunted posts in America. Isn't that where the prison is, Leavenworth? Yeah, I would assume. Oh, okay, okay. Though it's still actively used today. Residents and visitors claim that it's a host of ghosts that wander its buildings and grounds. One of the more famous haunts is General George Armstrong Custer, who is said to roam the general's residence. Though he did not die there, his spirit is said to remain after he was found guilty of mistreating his troops and deserting his command. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, either some of the buildings, though, are more haunted than others. The rookery, and Susan's going to look that definition up for rookery. Okay, hold on. Well, you can go ahead and I'll... Okay. And the rooked... Rook, rook, <laughs> the rooked. The rookery at Fort Summer Place is considered both the oldest and most haunted. The U.S. Army reports numerous incidents that have happened to the rookery. rookery. 
residents including missing items, unexplained noises, spectral visitors, and more. One of the ghosts is said to be a woman with long hair who attacks residents by clawing at, at them with her fingernails. Now, uh, rookery, the definition for rookery, is a breeding ground or haunt, especially of gregarious birds or mammals. And another haunted site is St. Ignatius Chapel, which has been rebuilt multiple times due to fires. A house now stands at the first location of the chapel, but residents have claimed to see the ghosts of a young priest who died in one of the fires. There. As for the rebuilt chapel, it inexplicably <laughs> burned. Say to that the, three times fast. Right, burned to the ground again in the year two thousand. Hmm. A stone house that the late nineteenth century cemetery caretaker's house. Located there is home to many apparitions, including mutilated soldiers and headless cavalrymen. The crow tribe. Ooh, headless cow. You can yeah. you can see the ghosts that don't have any heads. That's oh. what they. <laughs> the crow tribe Indians, you know, crow, mm -hmm. called those that lived in the house during the 1800s ghost herders. They saw the flag that care that the caretakers raised and lowered as a signal for spirits to come out at dusk and then return to their graves at dawn. Hmm. Well, remind me never to go visit these places, um, you know, because my my uh, my chicken instinct. Well, I don't know. I was thinking that we should actually... Um, Take a trip to one of them? Yeah, and get hands-on experience as to... Oh, my gosh. Now, I, I don't know if I could do that, to be quite well, honest. Well, there'd have to be more than just I'll me let, and you. I'll let my husband go with you, because... Uh, yeah. And then he can write all write the experience down and then bring it home to me. I don't know. I can stay in a place that's haunted. <laughs> you know that. <laughs> I can't even imagine. I would pee on myself. Yeah. I would be so scared. I don't know if I would be that scared, but no, you probably wouldn't. But that's I mean, I, I would go during the day. As long as it was daylight out, I could probably handle it. Or if there's quite a few people with us. Yes. You know. Yeah. If there's, it, well, I mean, even if you stayed overnight or whatever, if they allowed us in to, you know, do an overnight stay or something like that. Um, as long as there was, I'd say, more than five. <laughs> then, uh, you know, it might be something I think I should do. I don't, I'm being quite honest. I don't know if I could do that. Oh, I would love to do it at least just once. Oh, gosh, I don't know. Just to have that scare feeling, you know, now I that scared. I love to read about stuff like that. Um, and, you know, of course, I watch movies in my own special way. My husband gets, with he gets frustrated with it. Yeah, I, I, I look, I watch the movies through my fingers. <laughs> and that's coming from someone who... When we lived in a city, in a house that was haunted ourselves, and you said you had a friend when you were little that had two red eyes, and you hadn't seen no Amityville Horror. Or no, like not that. at that time I didn't. No. And you said he was your friend. And, well, I was little. And that scared the poopy out of me. Yeah. You know. So my imaginary friend... Was a demon. No, he wasn't. Oh, I would freak out. Oh, my gosh, I would freak out. I can't even imagine. Yeah, the, the house that we lived in, it was uh, 
it was something else. And, and I uh, actually, I had planned on uh, doing uh, one of the episodes with myself, Rod, and my mom and dad to talk about the house. So what do you think about that? Well, the whole suburban area, whatever, urban area, whatever, was supposedly built on top of a Indian burial ground. Yeah, I'm gonna. Uh, I actually am gonna uh, do some research on that to see if that's true, um, because not it wasn't just our house, you know, that had happenings and stuff like that. It was uh, there were. I mean, we heard tales from neighbors, our friends, um, families, and stuff that uh, we had gotten to know uh, through our church, my dad's church, um, and all that. So. Um, yeah, it's a it's a tale, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> well, everyone, um, I think that that is all the time we have for tonight. Um, I thank you for joining us, and uh, we hope you keep uh, listening to us so we can, you know, keep bringing you the things that we love to talk about and laugh about and, you know, everything that comes with it. Um, so with that, uh, I will sign off and uh, remember to steer clear of the rabbit holes because they're dark and they're deep. So, so long. Farewell. Until we meet again. <laughs>